0: All right, and we're live, excellent. Well, welcome to the show that still needs a name. We're still trying to figure out what to name this thing, but uh, we're gonna keep podcasting anyway, and we'll come up with the name later so we can look back and see this. But uh, this is episode number two on October 24th, 2016. The show where we talk about what's happening around different Google Education Group communities on Google+, uh, education technology, and anything else that comes to mind today. Uh, you can join us live on YouTube, Uh, where we do this once a month or after the show on iTunes or Google Music uh, or wherever you like to listen to your podcast. You can also follow us along on Twitter and we'll make sure we get all that information out to you today. Uh, Looking forward to a great show today. I got two people with me. Justin, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and then we can introduce our special guest Heather today.
1: Hey everybody. Uh, It's good to see uh, Jeff and Heather here. I'm Justin Talmadge. I'm one of the uh, co-facilitators of GEG Washington. Uh, So happy to be here today and to uh, sort of get this show off the ground. Um, I'm really excited to to hear what Heather has to say about uh, classroom management in the digital age, which is such a relevant and important topic for for teaching and learning. Um, Also wanna say I'm excited to hear from Theron Hayes later in the show who was a presenter and an attendee at the Seattle Summit which happened not too long ago. So stay tuned for that.
0: Excellent. Heather, do you wanna go ahead and introduce yourself from good old Minneapolis?
2: Sure, my name's Heather Dowd. I I started out teaching as a physics math teacher Um, And then I moved into the ed tech coaching role. Um, I've been working with middle school students for the last five years. And this year I say I'm taking a gap year. So I've just moved home from Singapore where I was at Singapore American School and now I'm in Minneapolis and I'm currently traveling around and doing workshops with teachers and getting to know the school systems um, all around the country. So it's really exciting.
0: And it's been great to have you. Uh, Heather's been doing some work out here in the state of Washington. Uh, I, th- I think you've been out here for three or four weeks. And you're mm-hmm, coming yeah. for another couple weeks. Uh, working mostly with the Marysville School District and Everett School District at the moment.
2: Yeah, it's been great.
0: With, with our company, Zero Learning. So it's been good to have her uh, out and about. And uh, we're going to get talking about later on in the broadcast. We're going to have you talk about your book, um, having a conversation about the classroom management in the digital age, but to get started today I thought because all three of us still working with teachers and we still have those classrooms experiences that maybe we could just get started with like what is a story from uh, the last couple of weeks of a, a win? You've had with teachers in tech or something that uh, just resonated with you. Maybe even a conversation you had Justin we'll start with you. Do you have anything?
1: Oh, man, um, so many awesome things going on here um, at the district where I work. The The main push that we've had this year is around a learning management system. Double-edged sword for teachers because, um, you know, there's lots of things that it's trying to accomplish, and sometimes when you try to do so many things, it's hard to do, you know, one thing well. But um, in particular, one, one tool that we're really excited to implement is a tool called PlayPosit, which is um, – just kind of a Zaption replacement for those of you that were uh, Zaption decided to exit the, the education market. And so we were looking for a, an alternative to this tool that allows you to um, create sort of flipped classroom videos, but also to embed formative assessments within the video such that, um, you know, students pause, it automatically pauses the video and then um, you can ask a formative assessment question, they have to respond to it, and then it can continue with the video. So we're really excited to start our kind of implementation of PlayPosit within our LMS using uh, what's called the LTI standard. So I guess that would be one thing I would share.
0: So that's that's crazy, because just today I was looking around on the web like, what what is replacing ZapShank? Because I know so many teachers... We're using it, and I was just like, "What is going to replace it?" So, can you—is this a standalone website, or is it just part of your LMS that you guys have? No,
1: it, it is a standalone. It's at playposit.com. It's formerly oh. EduCanon, so okay. you may have known it as EduCanon.
0: Wow, I have to look. And is it free, or does it cost, or?
1: Um, of course, it's free for individual teachers, but it uh, does require uh, districts to pay if they want more of a kind of a managed dashboard and, mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. And then the LTI integration costs as well.
0: And pretty low, like getting teachers started, pretty low entry.
1: Well, you know, it. it you can sign in with various uh, sign-ons. We use Google single sign-on for PlayPosit, so that's really easy for teachers and kids. Um, you know, I mean, I would say we're still learning about it. The, yeah, okay. the interface does take a—it takes a little getting used to. There's some different terminology they use for things that it requires you to get used to. But the actual creation, uh, you know, uploading your video or in, inserting your video from a third-party source is pretty easy. And then creating the questions on top of the video is very, very sort of standard setup you know, with that video timeline and whatnot. So okay,
0: cool. another one I heard of today along that same line was called Viva. Have you heard of Viva? Have you played? Viva? I have not. So that was one that came up today when we were looking for a Zaption replacement. I haven't had a chance to play with it, so I don't know. But we'll make sure all these links get into the show notes as well so everybody can have a Let's play with these. But that's great to hear because literally just today I was like, well, I need something like Zaption right now. Um, so that's great. Yeah. Well, check it out if you can. For sure, yeah. For sure. How about you, Heather? Any conversations or anything you've had recently? or
2: Yeah. So around? two things that, um, that kind of stood out to me last week when I was at Everett School District. Um, one was we were talking about Google My Maps and kind of exploring that mm-hmm. and then letting people think about how they could use it in their context. And some teachers were talking about um, um, how in Everett they've got some students coming from other countries. And they really liked the idea of using Google My Maps to let some of, some of the, those kids introduce themselves and introduce their cultures to the rest of the kids. Um, and, you know, like really getting in there and, um, you know, going into Street View and, and showing people this is where I'm from. Because a lot of times, mm-hmm. you know, students who've grown up in Everett, who've never left Everett, are going to have no sense of, you know, another country um, and so just as a way, f- like for cultural understanding, and I thought that was a really nice use of technology. And then the other one, interesting conversation that I had was with the counselors there. Um, and I think a really powerful pairing are when ed tech and counselors get together and kind of, you know, figure out some, some cool things. I think it's a great partnership. And um, they were looking up some of the apps for, you know, it's a, um, a hot topic right now, the whole idea of mindfulness. Yeah. And so they were looking up some of the apps like Headspace and Calm. And I just really loved that they were embracing technology for that purpose. Um, because I think a lot of times we blame technology for our, you know, inability to concentrate and some of those things. And here they were saying, no, this can help us. Um, Very cool. And I thought that was really cool.
0: Very cool. That's great. Yeah. Um, I think mine, mine for this last week was I had a chance to uh, help a teacher up in Marysville School District. Um, who was looking for a way to, uh, she was a special ed teacher, and she was looking for a way, the kids were doing a writing assessment. But part of the writing assessment was that the kids had to read a passage. And she had all these kids that had an accommodation that the accommodation was the passage could be read to them. But the problem that she was finding is she was going around you know, and she could go around and, and meet the needs of her special ed, her special ed students. But what was happening is like she would read the passage to them once, then have to move on to the next kid. And so unlike other students who could go back and read the passage as many times as they wanted to during the writing assessment, her kids were still only getting the, you know, the writing assessment read to them one time. And so we started thinking about how could you know, video playing to this. And so we got her computer hooked up to her document camera was the easiest way we found to do it. And she was able to record um, her reading the passages, the exact passages the kids need. She uploaded them all to her YouTube channel. And then each passage that the kid gave just went to that YouTube video and was able to have her read them, read her, read to her while she was following along on the paper. So the video is like her finger going over the words. You know, yeah. as she's reading it out loud and the kids could have the passage in front of them, but they could stop it. They could pause it. They could go back and reread it. And uh, she was saying, she's like, the kids were just like, she's like the feedback from the kids was like, oh my gosh, this is so amazing. And I think for me, it just showed once again, the, the power of video uh, in helping students, um, every student you know, whatever, whatever it is. But I think that was, it was just a win for her, a great Mm -hmm. win for a special ed teacher, just something quick and easy. Um, that was a big win for kids and for her. So. And that's a great
2: one. Jeff, I have, I have another,
0: uh, I've got
1: another special ed one as well, not to belabor the point here, but, um, so I had a special ed teacher that wants to have her students fill out a form as kind of a reflection on their day. And these are kids that are kind of, um, Sometimes really low functioning, they may not be very literate in terms of what they can read, but within Google Forms, if you create a multiple choice question and attach an image to it. All the students have to do is click on that image and it registers like you could come up with a yes or no question and you could have yes be a smiley face and no be a, I don't know, some other icon or image yeah. And when the student presses the image it, it does select yes or, or no. So that's a great way for some of our kids that, or even younger kids as well, pre literate sure, sure, yeah. uh, you know, pre-K for example. So check out Google Forms. It's always improving.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. That's like, there's so many great little hacks like that, you know, that just, mm-hmm. and, you know, sometimes the low hanging fruit is what you need to grab a teacher so we can take them higher. That's you right. know? Sometimes that's little, right. little wins like that all of a sudden, you know, I think, you know, a lot of people that I think listen to this podcast and a lot of the people, um, are, are tech coaches or are already in the role. And as much as we, we think of those things, we're like, oh, well, that's not, that's not like redefining learning or that's not a high use of tech. But sometimes little things like that is a switch for a teacher that gets you into the classroom, that gets you to that next level. And, you know, and, and making sure you take time to celebrate those, I think is always a, is always a good thing for sure. So.
1: Maybe, maybe we need our own G.E.G. Washington hashtag, something like, I don't know, G.E.G. Win.
0: Yeah. Yeah. for All the little wins we have. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. So, um, I did want to mention a couple things coming up here in the Pacific Northwest. There's an ed camp Seattle, uh, that is coming up on November 5th. Uh, it's going to be held at Seattle Pacific university from nine until three. It's a great way to connect with others in the area. It's totally free. Uh, if you've never been to an ed camp before, I strongly encourage it. Uh, you can find out more at ed camp Seattle Dot org, and uh, we'll make sure that that gets into the show notes as well. But as part of these podcasts, I like to just try to highlight any professional development type things that are going on in the area. So if you have any that you know of, please send them uh, our way and we'll make sure we get those in the show notes and we'll try to keep everybody informed on where there's some good tech PD going on. But it uh, should be a good egg camp on November 5th if you're free at, for Seattle Public University. So it should be a good time to just network and share ideas and stuff. Um, all right, Heather. Talk to us a little bit about this book. Uh, why in the world did you decide to? I mean, I love it. Like classroom management in the digital age, is something we're constantly talking about with teachers, especially as they start mm-hmm. going one to one, or if they've been using carts for a long time. That that uh, that you know, classroom management has changed in a connected classroom. So maybe just talk a little bit about where'd you get the idea? Where do some of the things come from uh, for the book?
2: Sure. Well, here's the book. I like to show the visual power of visuals. <laughs> um, I wrote it with my colleague from Singapore American School, Patrick Green, who is a Washington State native, um, as well. And he and I were working in middle school, and we went one to one about three years ago. And um, as you know, going through that whole process and being the people who were supporting teachers, we we really wanted to address teachers' fears going into it. And um, so I think that's when when the idea started. Um, most of teachers fears were around classroom management and Mm -hmm. so we realized that we needed to address it and have a conversation about it and so through our work with our own teachers and going from not one-to-one to to -to one-to-one we learned a lot we learned a lot about the things that work Um, we learned on the one hand classroom management is the same as it was before devices Um, some of the same Things that, you know, uh, create a successful classroom without technology are the same with technology. Um, It just maybe takes a little bit different form. So it kind of came out of our work with teachers and learning from our our own teachers and also teachers all around um, the region. We visited a lot of schools as well to see how their one-to-one programs were functioning. So um, in some ways, it's kind of a collection of all the advice we were given. um, And that's kind of where it started.
0: Cool. And what are some of the things like I think, I think of, and I, I'm, I apologize, I have not read fully the book yet. Uh, I know, I know, shocker. Um, but I, like, what are some of the advice you give in there? I think especially around uh, one of the things that I hear a lot coming from specifically high school teachers is dealing with cell phones in the classroom. And do you have any just like quick tips or things that you recommend or what we might hear about in the book around just that device being very distracting uh, to kids today?
2: Yeah. Um, One of our big thing I think, themes throughout the book is just empowering students Mm -hmm. to also come up with solutions for themselves. Um, You know, we found that if we sat, you know, sat with our eighth graders and said, look, first of all, tell me what's happening. And they'll be very honest and tell you everything that the kids are doing. Um, But they will say, I'm distracted. I mean, they know it. And so then brainstorming with them has been a really powerful way, I think, to get Ownership from everyone in the classroom on whatever whatever rules. I wouldn't even say rules But what are we going to do to help ourselves not be distracted? Um, And that's true with a phone or with you know any kind of device Um, Mm -hmm. I think you know, we also don't we don't um, encourage you to ban devices so Mm You know, I think when you say no cell phones, well, what are kids going to do? They're going to sneak it and they're going to figure out a way to look at it. Whereas if you say, okay, all cell phones out on your desk, turned upside down, then you know that they're not being used when you don't want them to be used, you know? So keeping them in in sight. Um, One of the things that we do with um, laptops or Chromebooks or whatever is we um, encourage teachers to give 30 seconds at the beginning of class and say, okay, this is what you need open right now. Close all other tabs except this one um, or close all programs except this one. Um, Or even as part of the bell ringer, you know, when kids walk in the room, a lot of teachers have a bell ringer. You can call it um, lots of different things, but, you know, they'll have a slide up saying this is what you do as soon as you walk in the room. Well, part of that slide can be you know, close all things, close all tabs, have your Google Doc open or whatever it is that you need. And because a lot of times students, they'll be distracted because they've got Skype chat open. But if you ask them when class starts, close everything, you know, 90% of the kids will follow the, follow that advice. And they will close everything. And we found that that really cut back on a lot of distraction, just, you know, giving kids a chance to, to not be distracted. I mean, I know as an adult, if I know I really need to work on something, then I need to close my email and I need to close Facebook. You know, like email I used to have, there was like a, an add on or something where you could see the number of unreads in the tab. Do you guys ever use that one? Yeah,
0: yeah. I,
2: I had to turn it off.
0: I hate that. Oh it's my too, gosh. It's distracting. Yeah. It distracts me. Knowing how many emails I haven't read is not a good thing.
2: No, no. That for me lasted about a month. And then I was like, Whoa, what am I doing? I'm turning yeah. that off, you know? Um, and students are the same, but you know, you have to have that conversation with them. So I think, keeping those lines of communication open, um, which, you know, good teachers with good classroom management, those lines of communication are open about all kinds of topics, you know?
0: Yeah, and I think it's like, I think you, yep. you, you touch on it too, you know, the idea of just setting routines, you know, any way you can set a routine around the use of devices, especially in a blended format. I had a teacher um, tell me that it was a simple thing is she just, she, they had Chromebooks, and so they, she printed off the picture of the Chrome symbol and just had it like she had a magnetic whiteboard and just had the kids like, if you come into the classroom and it's up on the board, you need your Chromebook to start class. If you don't see it on the whiteboard, then you don't need your Chrome. It doesn't mean we're, we might use them later in class or this is a day we're not going to use them. But she said it was just so easy and it's just a simple visual. And she said it started, it was, it's, it's as once she built that routine, she would have kids like pop by just to look to see like the next, you know, they wouldn't have her for another period, but just like to pop in to see, do I, you know, where am I at with my Chromebook today in that class? And it was a simple thing. It's just printing off the Chrome symbol and being either, either it's on the board or it's not, was just a a quick indication for teacher or for students on whether or not I need to have the device out when I, you know, when we get there or it can go under my desk. So that was another cool one I like too.
1: Yeah. Something I'm thinking about Jeff sort of along those lines um, and Heather is that technology can tend to amplify existing practices, um, and so I think about teachers who maybe weren't classroom managing in general before technology. They're they're probably not going to be very good classroom managers with technology as well. Yeah. In um, my head, is that technology is just going to amplify those existing practices, which is why the work that we do, Jeff and Heather, as technology coaches, is so critical to help steer teachers to. To good practices. The other thing I was thinking Heather was about the sort of mindfulness and uh, The world in which we exist today as adults and students is so prone to distraction. So if you if you sort of Take tack with your kids that so we're in this together to try to help ourselves focus on the task at hand. So how can them understand research around the myth of multitasking. that sort of do you, do you address that in your book
2: we do talk about that a little bit um we do you know the book brain rules it's,
1: mm-hmm.
2: it's, it's I've older. heard of it yes yeah it's older now but um we quote that a couple of times just because it's it's really you know it's clear that the multitasking that it is a myth um mm-hmm. and yeah i mean that that's part of the conversation with kids is is the why you know this yeah. is why this is important um and you know this the the book is not about um you know, work with parents, but we do have a little, a few pages in there where we talk about that and, you know, working and you, you both probably have similar experiences working with parents. Um, At your school, but when we do parent coffees and things and talk to parents about their kids tech use, um, that's, you know, we talk with them about the same thing, like keeping the lines of communication Mm -hmm. open. If you're going to have a discussion about distraction or tech or time on technology, then it's a family discussion. And you also talk Mm -hmm. about your own as an as a parent, you know, how much am I on?
0: Um, and sometimes it's the parents that are that are worse than the kids. <laughs> it's know, true. It it's true. Stuff. It's just sometimes you know I I I've had I, in the same parent sessions where I've had like the middle school kid you know elbowing the parent saying, "Hey, he's talking <laughs> to you," you know, not just to me. Notice he's talking to you, and and I find that fascinating as well. And I think you're right. Indeed. You know, just in, just in what we see is, you know, technology doesn't. If you have if if you're struggling with classroom management. I I think you're right. The technology amplifies that. Uh, it's not a, it's yeah. not going to solve it. And I think we see the same mm-hmm. thing around good teaching. If you're if you're fundamentally pedagogically you know understand the way learning happens, technology can be a powerful tool. But if not, it also can highlight um, you know bad teaching very quickly um, mm-hmm. with it as well. Very interesting. So. oh, we have another guest. How are you, Do sir? Do need to mute? Oh,
3: there you go. No, I got it. I'm all back there. <laughs> hey, Theron, welcome. Hello, hello. Thank you. Appreciate it.
0: And where are you coming out as? from, yeah. Theron. Uh, Tequila. Okay, excellent. All right. Good. All right. Well, it's nice to have you here. So it's good. We're all talking. T- we're talking with Heather Dowd. Uh, she's just. Uh, Written a book, uh, classroom management in the digital age. So we're just kind of going through some some ideas around that. And do, is there anything that you want to add? Like, what are some tips or tricks that you give to teachers uh, when you're talking about well, just classroom management with tools and such?
3: Uh, much of what I heard in the last two or three uh, sharings that y'all just did, uh, the idea being that if you don't have the classroom management first, it doesn't matter uh, what tech tool you have, with the exception of it, it's going to probably make it look worse.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Good.
2: My uh my like I said my first teaching job was teaching physics and um, yeah. there's a lot of equipment that goes along with physics. And my first year of teaching, um, I was not the best at classroom management. I'll admit it. Oh, that's
3: crazy. <laughs> what? Yeah. Yep. First you know, job, I, right? I, I, I
2: wasn't good right off the bat. Uh, in <laughs> fact, I, I joke that. Um, I, I thought, I thought that's have, what
3: the vitamins Salt. I mean. Right? I
2: know. I you know. I joke that I should have paid my school to be teaching there because <laughs> yeah, it was. I we had meter sticks go out the window one day. Um, we had string all over the classroom. It was it was interesting. But you know what? By year number two. I was like, all right, I'm cracking down. But um, in many ways, that's, you know, that was no different than now with the tech tools, right? I mean, it's, it's another learning tool in the classroom and some of those same mm-hmm. strategies work. Um, and I like, you know, I like what you said. The, it's, it's really about the routine, Jeff, mm-hmm. you know, setting up those routines. We talk a lot about routines and we give a lot of suggestions. And, you know, it's also, um, it's personal to that school or that classroom which things are going to work and you know your students. And so you've got to figure that out. But, um, you know, we, we talk a lot about the routines we have. Um, we have, we put our posters, we created posters for our one-to-one program, different things like, you know, our rule on audio. Like we have a rule that if you're going to play a video or anything with sound on your laptop, you have to always have your earbuds with you, you know, things like that. And we made visuals mm-hmm. and we kind of made that, you know, we put those in every classroom, you know, so that that was a clear message. You know. Um, And, you know, it doesn't matter which ones are going to work, which ones you choose, but having that clear, consistent message.
0: Yeah. um, And I think you hit on a point too, right? Like there's so many, I mean, everybody has classroom management, works for them, their style, and most importantly for their kids. And um, I think the hope is with your book and the things that I've read is you give a lot of just quick tips on things that you can do and and you're not, you can't do them all and you shouldn't do them all, but you know, find the ones that work for you, your kids, your situation. Uh, And and that's what I like about books like this. You know, it's a, it's a quick read. It's, it's easy. It's just filled with just ideas of try this, try that. What works for you. Here's a conversation. Here's a conversation starter to have with kids. Uh, And any, anytime we can have books like that, I think are, are fantastic. So.
2: Yeah, good. Uh,
0: that's great. So thank you for writing it. I really appreciate it.
2: Thank you. Thank you for and, thanking me. And, uh, <laughs> I can't uh, believe it's really here in yeah, physical I print. I know. It's crazy. <laughs>
0: how long did it take you to write it?
2: Well, it's, you know, I was with, with, with my colleague, Patrick Green, my co-author. Um, I want to say, how, how many months did it take? I mean, the whole process was a good eight months. Okay. Um, from did you, kind did you of write
0: it in a Google Doc?
2: Of course. Of
0: course. Written in a Google Doc collaboratively. Yeah.
2: Of course. Yeah. Um, yeah although it. the editor used Microsoft Word. So then it got transferred over to Word using all of the commenting and different, uh, I don't even know what it's called, all of the suggested editing in mm-hmm. Word. So mm-hmm. Then we had to figure all of that out. <laughs> but yes.
1: Yeah. Great. It, it was
2: born in a. So, he-
1: of- so, Heather, is your book just available on Amazon or is it available in other platforms as well?
2: It is on Amazon, um, you can order a print version, you can also order a Kindle version,
1: That's correct. Um,
2: it is also on the publisher's website, um, which is useful if a school wanted to buy in bulk, they can contact the publisher mm-hmm. and get a discount.
0: Excellent. Great and uh you have a book to give away so what i I was thinking i was thinking we only have oh we've got two live people watching uh and maybe one of those and they're probably the two of us that have it open in another tab so i'm not really sure if they're (laughs) like real live other bodies or if it's two of us in another tab um so what i was thinking though is what if we um allow people to leave comments on this video and the comments could be other routines or classroom management ways that ways that they use classroom management strategies in a digital classroom. Perfect. uh, And and we'll pick one and send them a free copy of your book. How does that sound, Heather? That sounds perfect. Sounds good. So if you have other classroom management strategies that you like to use with your kids around technology, feel free to leave a comment on this YouTube video uh, and we'll make sure that that link gets out there for everybody and you might just get picked by Heather to get a free copy of her book. You just never know. (laughs) Exciting stuff. That is exciting stuff. Uh, It's it's so good to have. Exciting, Yeah. So uh, in just a bit, we're going to have Theron talk about uh, some of the gas summits that came up. Uh, I just did want to mention that we are about a week away from Tech Tasting's workshop that – myself and my company eduro learning are putting on in walla walla uh there's still time to register if you want to quickly come and get away for the weekend it's a friday saturday uh, trip to walla walla where we're going to do uh some pretty cool tech stuff um it's two great days we're at the marcus whitman hotel uh, great food beautiful atmosphere uh and you get to go to walla walla so it's not all that bad um so just a mention there you can find out more at edurolearning.com and we'll make sure those links and information get into the show notes all right, Darren, We had uh, which GAF summit did you go to? There were two last month. Did you go to both there?
3: No, just the one uh, down in White River area. Okay. Google Summit down uh, down there. So yeah. All
0: right. Do you want to give us a little recap of like what were your aha moments or takeaways or just overall? I mean? You know,
3: honest. Uh, the overall piece of what was really exciting to see was the focus on teaching and the focus on instruction. And then it happened to be that, oh, by the way, uh, let's talk about the Google Apps for Education. So it was really uh, impressive to see that piece uh, be the focus. And um, it was started off with uh, uh, Joe Marquez, I believe I'm saying his name correctly, a uh, fellow out of uh, Clovis Unified School District, as I glance over to my notes. Yeah, <laughs> right. Of course I remembered his name and <laughs> <one> his <friend. laughs> uh, So anyway. Um, Simply a a teacher, tons and tons of energy uh, to the point of uh, he actually refused to use the microphone in the auditorium uh, because uh, he uh, projected his voice that much. So uh, if you sat in the front row, it was intense. (laughs) 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 Anyhow, it was interesting to see uh, his big focus. Being kind of the the overall piece of that, it's about the instruction, and you just happen to be using Google Apps for Education. So,
0: oh, very yeah. cool. And I so, feel like uh,
3: that's. Go ahead.
2: I I just feel like that has been a really great trend over the last I don't know how many years. You know, like when technology sort of first came into the classroom, it was it was about the tech and this is exciting and look at this tool and look what this app does and look at this new thing and and I really feel like the change is happening now where now we're focused on learning. Um, and that's really exciting.
0: And it's interesting too, because I think, uh, you know, we have to keep calling them like you you think of a Google Apps summit, uh, type thing and you think, okay, it's going to be all about Google. It's going to be all about, you know, tech tools and really none of these are, you know, they are, we are making that switch. So how do you get, I mean, the the thing becomes is how do you get like that next wave of teachers to understand uh, you're going to go to this and we're not going to sit and tell you, you know, click here to share a Google doc. And here we're going to take four hours to show you how to fill out a Google form. Like that's not what these conferences are about, that they truly are about learning And the shift in learning because of because of the technology and the tools we have Um, and yet we still put tech in the name like I'm even thinking of tech tastings that we're holding right like it's tech tastings but everything that like the whole outline has nothing to do with technology. There's everything to do with like problem based learning and challenge based learning and we're, we're covering all of these you know pedagogical approaches to the classroom, but you still put tech. I don't know, are we doing ourselves a disservice by calling them like Google App Summits and by calling them, you know, having tech in the title some way? I don't know. Thoughts?
3: I'm not sure. Um, if it's a disservice, I think it might be a subtle distraction with it. Mm. Uh, the, the other piece is, to me, uh, the big aha moment for me was a few years ago was when realizing that uh, the technology doesn't make my job easy. It makes my job easier. Hmm. or at least takes one part of it and makes it easier and thus allows mm-hmm. me to do the teaching that you know as heather as you said your first year teaching you know a bit <laughs> classroom management was a struggle for was your example my example uh, organization was a struggle <laughs> um uh, but suddenly for whatever reason organizing pencil paper couldn't do but if i organize digitally it, it suddenly met that and then that supported the classroom management that for whatever reason uh, maybe it's because i came from a family of teachers but that piece wasn't as big a struggle my first year <laughs> either that or maybe i had a blind eye on
1: <laughs> so, no no of course i do that well. yeah. so,
3: but anyhow that's kind of where i would go yeah
1: hmm. i don't know jeff i mean you still have to choose the right tool for the job right i mean you, you can't I mean, if I'm building a house, I gotta know what I'm gonna use my pneumatic drill and hammer for versus what I'm gonna use my hacksaw for, right, so, it can't. I mean, you gotta focus a little bit on the tool because it's gonna help you do a quality job, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, and I guess, I mean, as, as long as you know that's where I want the wall first, and then I have to decide yeah. what are the tools I need to build the wall. And I think exactly, also, yeah. You don't
1: start with the tool. That's right. Yeah. You start with the design and the plan and, and the concepts, right? Yeah.
0: Well, yeah. I guess, I mean, that's a pretty good analogy because there's a lot of times. And, and is it okay then? I guess in 2016, is it okay for a teacher to say, well, I know where I want the wall, but I'll hire somebody else to do the tools? And that, I mean, that's where, as learning, <laughs> as, as learning coaches, that's where we have our job right our job is to yeah. we we are the ones that are pulled in and then said okay well i have the tool belt i will build that for you is are we reaching a time or is there a time when we should expect teachers to know or to change so that they are learning tools i don't know like that's that's the part that i struggle with is I mean, I, I get that. And I think people that, that know a lot of tools understand that it starts with the learning and then we find the tool. But I find, mm-hmm. a, I, I struggle with teachers when teachers are like, well, I know what I need, but I don't know what's out there. And so I'm not even going to try. And is that an okay <laughs> mindset for a teacher in 2016 to have?
2: Well, I think, I think part of it too is people need that sort of initial confidence And, Mm -hmm. and maybe that's the the thing that there, you know, maybe there is no more excuse. Like you need to find that confidence and get out there. And, you know, I mean, we, we all know that whenever we need to know how to do something, we just Google it. Right. And sometimes Mm -hmm. teachers I work with, they just think I know it. Yeah. And when I had that realization a few years ago, I sort of changed how I work with teachers and I started to do that research in front of them. Just to say, look,
1: mm-hmm.
2: look what I'm doing. You can do this too. So it's like, you know, t- teach yeah. someone how to fish, not, right. you know, give them the fish. Right. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I see what you're saying. That there's mean, a hard balance there. Like, you know, as I mean, as I'm sure we all do, we, we do a lot of workshops. And that could be the thing. That pushes them into oh I can do this and it is about learning and I can figure it out I don't know
3: yeah I jump in with the idea yeah. of, uh, I don't know if it's a bad mindset to have I don't I don't agree with that but I think it's a bad mindset to keep yeah right, you'll change the one one word within that phrase there and the idea being that we, we are not stuck here
0: you can grow
3: you can't change just like we try to preach to the kids
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, I've been saying like this year, part of my keynotes, opening keynotes to a bunch of school districts here in the state was like, you know, if you come to me and if you're of an older generation, I get very frustrated when teachers tell me, Well, I'm just not good at tech. And I, I've gotten to the mindset where like, okay, I'm okay with that, except you decided to be an educator and this isn't about you, this is about them. And you can't if you chose an education as your as your profession. You need to understand that, that you learning some of this technology and you being comfortable with this technology is kind of an obligation, I think, now to be a teacher in 2016. And you can't, we have to stop using the excuse, I'm not good at tech, because I don't think that's doing anybody a favor. And I think it's then allowing teachers, I just, I, I mean, if you're not in education, fair enough. You don't need to, you know, you can be as bad at tech as your mindset wants you to be. But if you're in education, I don't, I don't think that's an excuse we should allow anymore. Just because of where we are and what we understand that kids need. And so how do we, I guess, help teachers get to a point where you're like, you can't, don't say that to me. You say that to me. I get very upset. <laughs> you know, um, I just, I don't know.
2: A tech coach that uh, I worked with at Singapore American School, Robin Lynch, she, she's just retired And she, she's older than me and she hated it when teachers would say, yeah, but I'm, I'm too old for that. Right. She's like, uh, you're the same age as me and or or they would say technology is just so new. And she's like, technology has been around for my entire career. So I'm not going to buy that one. You know? Um, I think, I think one, one thing that I found have found a little bit of success with is just, showing teachers like the kids that are coming into their classroom, showing them the work that they do in the previous year. I know that that put some, some pressure, some good pressure on teachers that I've worked with. like the sixth grade teachers saying, look at what these kids did as fifth graders. Yeah. And then that's kind of like, Oh, I need to up my game. Um, yeah. And then that I had a similar experience, just me personally this week. Um, I actually it was just this morning. I think LinkedIn, I got an email from LinkedIn. I don't know if any of you got this and it was, they're giving away, not giving away, but they're, I saw they, that. did you guys see that? So They have a, lear- a learning
1: platform now, apparently.
2: Yeah, so they've got classes, and so I clicked on it, and it says they're all um, based around the top skills of 2016. Mm. So here, I'm just going to read them to you, because I was sort of like, kind of had a reality shock moment. Um, cloud and distributed computing. Statistical analysis and data mining, web architecture and development framework, middleware and integration software, user interface design, network and information security, mobile development, data presentation, top eight skills that LinkedIn has, you know, put together.
0: there's only like two words that I understood out of everything you said. I was going to say, I I didn't, I didn't get any of the (laughs) eight. Right. Yeah. So I had
2: a little bit of a moment thinking, oh my gosh, like what, what am I doing to help kids be ready for the, you know, for this?
1: Yeah.
3: Well, first step is you're going to change your spelling list to include data mining. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Good one. (laughs) For sure. Uh, so it's interesting. Yeah, right. Uh, it's interesting to have LinkedIn advertising that. To be fair, they also own com, And I think they're just pulling off some of that information there. Could be. Yeah, so. yeah. Or maybe those those are the searches. <laughs> like, what is data mining? <laughs> yeah, right.
2: <laughs>
0: but I was—I will say—I mean, along the data mining one, I was just doing—I was doing a presentation down in Enumclaw with the Enumclaw Rotary, and a bunch of the business leaders were there. And one of the business we were talking about what are the skills that you want to see employees have? And there was one guy. One guy stood up, like he was just like raised his hand right away, and and he was like being able to take. Large sets of data in a spreadsheet, make sense of it and make real world change. And like other people started nodding and clapping. And I was like, what in the heck is he talking about? Like, and but this is, these are like, this year business owners in our state who are saying that is a skill, uh, which I think is that data analysis piece. Right? Mm-hmm. Like you've got all this data. How do you make sense of it to affect something in the real world? Um, mm-hmm just seemed like you read that off and I'm thinking, Oh my gosh, these guys, I mean, these business people here in our state nailed it. Like this is what they're looking for. You Mm -hmm. know, big sets of data and doing something with it. So, Mm -hmm.
2: and there are a lot of things you can do like the, you know, all of the government agencies post all of the data they collect. Anyone can download it. I mean, that's, You can do activities with real data with students. Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, I was helping the teacher the other day. We were at census.gov and downloading like census data, census data for 2010 from the state of Washington. And kids, I mean, it's just, it's massive. It's like 212 megabytes of data in a spreadsheet, you know, that you just like, okay, kids, make sense of something. You know, like, what do you see in here? You know, what's this telling us? There are some pretty cool sets out there. So. All right. Well, great conversation. I want to get this wrapped up because everybody else has lives and we try to keep this between 30 minutes, 45 minutes show. So I want to go there. I want to mention a couple other things happening. Uh, Don't forget the Northwest Tosa chat happens Wednesday nights on Twitter at hashtag NW Tosa chat. So feel free. It's at 8 p.m. Pacific time. So you can join in there as well anytime you want. Uh, And always, it's always great if you just like the hashtag Northwest Toast to Chat, I'm not always able to make it live, so I like being able to go back a day or two later and just rereading everything that they chatted about. So it's always good that, that you can go back and do that as well. Um, and then one announcement, personally from uh, from me, is that uh, the company that's doing a lot of the work here in the state of Washington, Eduro Learning, just launched a parent- a parent certificate course called Parenting in the Digital Age. Uh, so we launched that today, which is kind of cool. Uh, if you go to edurolearning.com and click on online courses, you'll see there for parents. It's six modules. We interviewed parents all around the world on how are they raising their kids, uh, what are some of the things, conversations, base, it's all based on conversations, like we were saying with classroom management, what are conversations you're having with your kids, uh, and so on and so forth. So we're excited about that. Uh, we've got a couple districts that are interested already in like somehow purchasing the courses for parents in their districts. So I don't I don't know what we're going to do. Um, we had to get them made first. Now we'll try to figure out how the heck we start spreading these out to parents. But, uh, so that's exciting news. So uh, if you head over to edurolearning.com, you'll find that information there. So any last thoughts from anyone before we shut the show down today?
2: Thank you, you for right. having me.
0: Yeah, well, thanks for thanks joining Heather us, Heather. Thanks, for being Appreciate, here, and, yeah. and Aaron as well. Yeah, thanks both and of you. And look forward to seeing some of the
3: comments that'll be posted on the video to see who wins Heather's book.
0: Yes, for sure. That'll be good. And, you know, Heather's already collecting stuff for the version two, so exactly. one, you never know.
2: This, this is all like good.
1: Yeah. I so think it's going to be me. I think I'm going to win it. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh,
2: we we'll see. We'll see, Justin.
1: All right, that will do.
3: The rest of us had to vote. Yeah, that's right.
0: (laughs) That will do it for the show this month. We'll be back on November twenty first at three thirty PM Pacific time, where you can listen to us live on YouTube or later in your favorite channel, uh, whether it's podcast or video. Also, you can download this on iTunes. Uh, Justin will get this up and into the store here in just a bit. We'll make sure all the show notes are there Uh, until next month. Thanks, everybody, and have a good. uh, I guess what Halloween. Halloween's next week. Have a good Halloween and we'll see I, you. Next yeah, one. yeah. Halloween. How to do Take care.